Hey guys, Jeff Kozlowski back with episode two of the podcast. The focus of all my podcasts as of now will be on video production and streaming because that's something I'm passionate about and always love learning more from those that are innovating in the space. This episode's guest is BJ Kubaroulis. BJ is the CEO and founder of Synthesis Multimedia Productions and DMVStream.com. BJ has been running his own production company since 2007 and got into streaming specifically in 2011. When it comes to Washington, D.C., Maryland, and Virginia sports streaming, BJ's company is the go-to. He's grown from a two-man, one-laptop, and two-camera operation to a full-blown production truck with multiple HD cameras, TriCasters, and live graphics. He covers anything from high school sports, college sports, to mixed martial arts, wrestling, as well as some in-studio show productions. BJ talks about how his company came to be and how he continues to grow in the sports broadcasting business, as well as how COVID has impacted his operations and how COVID may have changed the sports broadcasting industry for good. Hope you all enjoy. Here's BJ Kubaroulis. All right, BJ, thanks for jumping on with me, man. Good to see you. Good to see you too, and thanks for having me. Absolutely. So um, let's get right into it. You are founder, CEO, uh, Synthesis Multimedia Productions, DMVStream.com. You've been in the streaming game for a long time. Um, tell, tell me a little bit about yourself. I know I kind of hit on the highlights, but, but um, tell, us, tell us what's going on. Yeah, you know, um, you, you nailed it. I mean, the, the streaming game has evolved, and um, it's been quite a journey. Um, starting out as a sports reporter and uh, kind of chasing sports as they evolve and and the expectations of how people get their media. So, um, you know, it's we're in started the business in 2007. So this is uh, year 13 and uh, I've been doing the streaming aspect of the video production for, you know, close to I'd say eight, eight, nine years now. And, um, you know, things have certainly, um, changed and, um, you know, our growth throughout those changes, um, is something I'm really proud of. So what, how did synthesis kind of come to be? So you were, you were with the Washington post, right. And had kind of been doing some video work there and, and saw an opportunity. Exactly. Um, you know, um, I was a uh, sports reporter doing local sports, um, and, uh, you know, I kind of made it to the post um, right as newspapers started to sort of um, shrink, right, in size and space, um, particularly the, the sports page is sometimes one of the first things to take the hit, uh, you know, in, in terms of competing for space in, in a newspaper where you've got, you know, four or five um prominent pro teams for things like high schools and local colleges and youth athletics um you know the the writings on the wall there in terms of how things were starting to to evolve and change and um you know i started bringing a i bought a 50 dollars camera off craigslist and i started that's when craigslist was the place to buy things by the way that's how uh, that's how old this business is um and uh, I started taking it with me to the local games that I was doing and doing highlights and interviews and 
hustling and posting those videos within two to three hours of the completion of the of the game itself and i know that that's something that is like expected now from every game but now you know back then and that was like a novel concept and um you know i'd be at high school games and the other coaches would think I was like a scout stealing plays for the other team, you know, and they couldn't understand. I'd say, with the post, and they'd say, I don't understand. The post is a newspaper. What do you mean you have a video camera? So, um, you know, I started doing that and just kind of building the idea, and the post saw an opportunity there, and I got a really great opportunity to step away from the newspaper, but in the same day come back as a, a vendor, a contractor, and, and such was launched you know, my first successful contract and ever since then I've just been building on on that and up to a place now where we've got twenty six HD camera kits and um a, a truck and a um, for video production and flight packs and um it's just been one thing after the other and really just been chasing the opportunity as it has evolved and building towards that every time. So streaming wasn't originally part of your kind of repertoire was it just mainly kind of like like you said you were shooting some video at the games grabbing the interviews post game stuff like that and, and then streaming came later yeah so i would um streaming wasn't even part of the plan at first it was just like i saw an opportunity to just kind of stay employed i i didn't have this big vision like sometimes people want to convince you they had when they can do their monday morning quarterback and looking back i i you know I wasn't thinking in those terms at first. It was just like I needed to secure some kind of like job, you know, and make sure that I had a job in this business where I was watching my friends like get picked off one by one, you know, and across all sports media, not just at the place I was. And um, it just happened. And then ever since then, I was just chasing like what was next. And I think, um, as what I was doing became easy for everybody to do. Um, anybody could go out to a game and shoot it and edit it now. And I was always looking for like, what is it that sets myself and then now this company apart? And um, I really saw streaming as the next thing. I would say that was um, that was a vision at that point. Uh, that was a, a, a cold, hard gamble. And, you know, we started going out to, you know, as we built these relationships with coaches now who knew who we were, I would then offer the next step. Hey, coach, can we just come out and stream your game? And the first game we ever streamed live was at St. Stephen's St. Agnes Boys Lacrosse. Um, and uh, I was out in the middle of a turf field with a laptop and a couple of cameras trying to make it work. And, you know, we failed miserably. Um, but every time we failed, we learned a lesson. And I think our success now is built on each of those failures because it's like plugging your hole in the you know, your finger in the hole in the dam, right? Like, um, and that's the way I look at it. You know, like we realized you can't do this on Wi-Fi or a jet pack in the middle of a, football field and I have a hard line ethernet connection. Okay. Now how do we get that ethernet connection from the school to the field? So all of these failures along the way, um, are what have gotten us to having this really cool production truck that we roll out now and 
and is just chock full of toys and gadgets that that get the job done. That's a great point. You have to almost become, I don't know if this is the right way to put it, but like you have to kind of become okay with failing along the way, right? Especially in this business. Um, and you know that you people advertise equipment, they advertise apps and um, all of these things. And particularly in this business, um, you have to make sure that what's being advertised is accurate, but also works for what you're trying to do. Um, I get phone calls from people all the time, you know, whether it's churches that are trying to stream their services, especially now during the pandemic. And uh, I was on yesterday with a really big um, local, um, I would call it a gym, but it's it's more like an athletic complex. And they're, they're trying to stream multiple fields of, of games and things and um, trying to do it with equipment that not isn't necessarily like made for that and I'm trying to talk them into other things and um and it's just because my experience tells me you know cheap isn't always the best because you're gonna end up you know like spending a lot more to fix that mistake um and and but but anyway but but you mentioned you know this business and what it's about in terms of those failures and those are the things I've learned along the way is, all right, I got this piece of equipment or this app or this software. It might work for something. It's not working for this. Or, man, I could use this for something else. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that um, those, I like to call them you know, failures, are all part of getting to a better place. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And and so full disclosure, I've freelanced, done work for BJ over uh, over the last, wow, I think since 2012, um, you know, more so back then. Now, now it seems like maybe like a once a year basis. <laughs> but uh, so I was... You have kids, Jeff, you know what I'm saying? Like the, the... I, they, you know, they take up a lot of time, you know. <laughs> um, so I was, you know, you talked about your early streams and so i was there for you know i think i started in 2012 and i did a basketball game for you that was my first production and we had i think you had a laptop kind of sitting at midcourt and i was on one cam maybe uh i think i was kind of the close-up cam on the court and then there was another guy up high uh getting like the getting the full court angle um yeah. so yeah, you've you've certainly come a long way. Let's so talk just a little. Hold on, we give you some love because then you, within like a few months, you were able to lead one of our crews on a broadcast at a lacrosse game. I just threw like a ton of equipment at you. I was like, hey man, <laughs> I, I gotta go out of town. I have no choice. It was like a family matter, and I was like, man, I think you could do this. Here's a TriCaster. Here's cameras. Here's cable. Here's no internet connection. And uh, I gotta go. And you totally nailed it. And um, and I'll never forget that. That was pretty impressive for you to uh, essentially come in and just like with the equivalent of like learning a new language in one day and being able to, to speak it. It was really um, awesome to see. So I, I, I give you some kudos on that, man. That was pretty impressive. Well, thank you. I, I, I appreciate that, especially coming from you, BJ. And, and that's, I'm glad you brought that up because. You know, you give you give that opportunity for a lot of 
college students, um, people that are just kind of getting started in the business, right? I mean, you're your productions I know now have have grown and you and you're able you, you have quite a good sized crew um, so you're you know you create oper- like internship opportunities and and um, part-time job opportunities for um, you know for all for all kinds of like I said college students I think and just people kind of yeah. trying to just get their foot in the door right you know the this business is like a weird bird like is what I like to tell people like you've got people coming in like all different sides right like you've got your traditional college student that wants to like be in broadcast journalism and they've they've done the schooling and maybe they've done an internship and um and they want to learn and be around the the business and then you've got like traditionally what are called like retreads i don't really like that word but like maybe people that are finding their passion later in life or or maybe like out of college, they were a broadcast journalism major or not or whatever, but like they took the money job instead of the passion job and they really want to get back into it. And then, you know, you've got all these other people in the middle, you know, you've got um, uh, professionals that have been doing it for 30 years that want to moonlight and call games on the air. Um, You've got guys that were part of a TV industry that were freelancers that when that business was hardcore rolling they were like even though they were freelance they were like making really good full-time money um and 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 it runs the gamut but you know really our structure as a company is based on finding a project and then finding the best people to put on it and pulling those people together to collaborate um and you know some of the opportunities we offer put people out in the field we give them the equipment um and an opportunity to go out, learn, shoot, edit, uh, get paid, um, and then also turn that around to a, a client that they may not necessarily be able to get on their own. You know, for example, the post. You know, we we've got people that come in and they they work with us and they get bylines there, and then also, um, you know, we have a studio where they'll they'll go and uh, cut shows and be on air and and learn that side of, of the business as well. And, um, and then when we're doing, um, you know, an actual event or a game, you know, we've got, sometimes we're hiring up to 20 people for a day, whether it's directors, camera operators, graphics, um, instant replay on air talent, like play by play color, sideline reporters, utility players, Mm -hmm. audio people. So it runs the gamut. Um, you know, we have an event coming up actually, um, which is great to be able to say here because uh, I haven't said that in a while. Uh, but, you know, we're going to be doing a college basketball bubble uh, in uh, the Washington, D.C. Convention Center and producing that for ESPN3. Uh, four college basketball teams coming in for a three-day period over Thanksgiving. And, um, you know, we'll have a crew of about 13 people um, each doing those roles as we're producing uh, these games. Um and uh, and like you said, the, you know, creates those opportunities for those folks. So uh, it's just exciting to be able to have something to get back to now and um, and pull these people together and and really just see everybody again, you know. And and um, that's that's pretty cool. We're excited about that part too, not just the work part. Yeah. So so um, kind of building on that, and and I was this was I, I was going to ask before. Um, 
just kind of jumping into all the opportunities that come with your your company um, for for those wanting to get in the business. So, you know, I, clearly your productions have evolved uh, quite a bit over time. You know, we were just talking about a laptop and two cameras, right. um, and now you're talking about trucks and uh, ESPN three. So how and i know this could you could spend probably hours on this question but how ha, talk a little bit about how your productions have evolved over time whether that's just you know you know the the equipment you you have brought on that's been kind of key to to being able to up the game and and then yeah. kind of what's that meant for the clients that you're able to bring on cuz i know you know like you you just mentioned ESPN3 i know you know you're you're in the college sports game so how, how have your productions evolved over time and then kind of, you know, how has that or what has that meant for, for clients that you've been able to bring on? So in the beginning, there were no clients. Um, in the beginning, it was just like I was doing this streaming because I thought it was going to be um, next. And that was tough. You know, you got to dip into your own pocket and funded and make it work and, and find the equipment because it's like you got to have the stuff and be ready for when the client does come knocking. And I, I very much understood that. And um, so, you know, we went from this exploration through laptops and all this stuff. And, um, you know, as we started to kind of knock on the door and, and clients started to realize that streaming was important. You know, we really just started to chase whatever the expectation was and you know if the expectation was having four camera angles and instant replay then you know you need the equipment for that and now as we have continued to to push forward and we do have the clients and we've got the funding um it's always trying to stay ahead and you know for example this upcoming um set of broadcasts you know the expectation is you know, four cameras, uh, four angles of instant replay, you know, a live graphics package. Um, uh, you know, obviously you've got your on-air talent, you know, all of those things. And, and all of those things don't sound terribly challenging in terms of when you look at a broadcast, but to produce it on the other end, the amount of equipment that's needed and, um, and to be able to actually hit stream when the game starts successfully has taken weeks of pre-planning and, and walkthroughs and work and, um but yeah i mean i think as we've grown we've been able to target a new level of client every time and a lot of times i think now since we've been in the game so long our name is synonymous, I think, with sports live streaming in the area. And so anytime a group comes in this area to do an event, I, we, we usually get a phone call. And, and that means a lot, you know, in terms of our progress and uh, whether it works out or not with that client, what the expectations are, the budget is, or, you know, what our availability is. Um, it's nice to be on par with, you know, um, the rest of the companies that have been around or were around even before we got started. Now, as far as equipment, you know, what was uh, over time, you know, you mentioned you're dipping into your own pocket a lot of times as you're, as you're growing. And, you know, I, I remember you kind of, I, I consulted you 
you know, I was just kind of thinking about getting a new Mac, uh, Mac laptop. And I was like, I think I, I, you know, I knew you had used Craigslist, like you mentioned, to get your cameras and stuff like that. So I've, you know, I saw this person was selling a new Mac fully stocked with all this, these, these, uh, you know, Adobe programs on it. And I, I said, you know, any, uh, I know you do this a lot. Any any tips? And you're like, yeah, okay, meet the person at a public place, take them to the Apple store, make sure that right. it's legit. So what, you know, do, you did a lot of that early on, right? I mean, your camera, you were getting your cameras off Craigslist. You were, wasn't it your first TriCaster you had kind of, I don't know if it was used or something like that, but, you know, talk a little bit about how you were yeah. kind of able to get, Funny. get you know, kind of make it work. <laughs> So, yeah, in the beginning, you don't have, I, I mean, at least what I was doing and dipping into my own pocket, like, you know, you want to make a jump, you want to make an investment, but you can't break the bank. And so a lot of times we were buying used. And um, my, I'll tell you a funny story, and this is what kind of convinced me to, as we started to grow the company, to kind of take a different route. But like, so I used to buy these cameras off Craigslist. Anytime I saw one, I would buy it. It was called a Canon GL2, and it was a, a DV tape um, camera. And I had like 10 of them. And uh, we would use them for live streaming, but also for recording games. And all of my um, producers out in the field had them. And um, it was playoff football. It was November. And all my guys and girls were out in the field. Uh, I think I had like eight, eight people out that night. This was high school playoff football, and the temperature dropped to like negative whatever. I don't know. It was freezing, and all the cameras just quit. They just like froze because it was so cold. I didn't even know they could do that. They like their whatever brain is in this camera just froze, and um, everybody called me. They all got home. Nobody even knew. And they were like one by one. I was getting a phone call over like you know as people got home to review their tape that there was no tape. And um, so anyway, it forced me to go a different route. That weekend, I bought like twelve thousand dollars worth of brand new digital HD cameras, no tape, everything shooting to SD card. Um, but those are the lessons you learn as you do this. But um, to speak back to your point about equipment, um, in terms of our live stream production. We are on uh, TriCasters. Um, I, you know, for what we do, that's unbeatable, um, and we need that. So I have a small video production van. It's a uh, Ford Transit Connect, and it's completely decked out. Uh, inside of that van, um, it's uh, two TriCaster 460s. One is the main program, uh, pulls the four cameras. The other. TriCaster is a instant replay feed, and that pulls the same four cameras. And each, each you know director works on the main one, and replay guy works on the replay one. And then I've got a third TriCaster 40, which is a backup that just takes the feed um, and records it as a as a backup unit. Um, and uh, that's been a successful setup for us. Uh, and then you know within that truck, um, you know you've got. Uh, laptops that all network across for overlays like score bugs and uh, live clock and things like that um, but it's uh, I finally built the the truck and a trailer out because I was tired of pulling plastic bins to facilities and setting up uh, essentially a control room every time and, and it's been a really good 
I was gonna. I have it listed here as a question. How clutch has it been to have the truck? I mean, so originally, like I said, I, I bought a trailer years ago, and we were. I was just hauling the plastic bins with tricasters and cabling and everything. And every time we got somewhere, we would have to take it all out, set it up, and then, like with that, you run into problems because it's it's you're, you're kind of setting it up every time and so like something is going to get missed something is going to be placed wrong a connection is going to be off and it was just it was hard you know so um then i ended up building out the trailer into a video production unit and that was good for a while um but it just got to a point where it was just too big and um i needed to be at every production because i was the one hauling the trailer and i wanted to scale and i wanted to get to a place where you know my guys could just come pick up the truck and go and so built out a smaller uh, ford transit connect van and that has just been great i i think the first two go arounds with the bins and then the trailer i i kind of learned what to do but also more so what not to do and this van um is i think built more properly to mitigate problems and to you know do things like much longer cable runs, um, so you're not losing signal quality and you know, in the ins and out connections that actually work, but, you know, so you're not you know chasing why this camera doesn't work or why this cable doesn't work, and those are all the things that cost time and and stress on a production. So to answer your question, the van has just been such a welcome change, um, you know, and and uh, I've had it for about, I don't know, going on a third year now, and um, the quality product that it puts out, I would put that on par with some semi-trucks that, that some of these bigger um, networks are rolling in. I mean, we can do just what they do, you know, and I'm really proud of that. Yeah, and maybe once the, once this publishes, I'll have to get some pictures that um, you know of that because it is, I, I think, for folks to see. I, I have seen the pictures you post online, and it is – it's impressive. Um, so, so bravo on, on making that progress. And I, rem- cool. I, I know the, you mentioned the time it saves and <clears throat> there were, you know, I remember in some of my earlier productions with you, you know, you were very particular about like, leave this piece on the tripod when you put it away or make sure this piece is back on the tripod because, but you know, all those little things, you know, if, if they're wrong, they dip into the, the, you know, the efficiency of everything. And, and, um, it's important. It's amazing how a little converter (laughs) or a little piece can just tank your whole production. And, um, you know, when you're working with crews and people and you you can't be everywhere, you can't see everything, you can't touch every piece of equipment. Um, you've got to be very specific and um because when you get to the next production if dude left the tripod plate on the camera which is now back at the office we don't have a tripod plate you know what i mean and we don't have a a game cam and it's little things like that but you know you've got to be that way and um, yeah i'm even more neurotic now jeff than i used to (laughs) believe it or not lot more online now with client expectations yeah yeah talk to some of my guys they're probably sick and tired of hearing uh hey make sure every cable has a cable tie but you know that's such as like 
Yes, yes. <laughs> it is. It's it's necessary. I'm sure. Um, I so so just last couple things here, and and um, you know, I want to I want to make sure we get to this because you know, as we're recording this, we are in month eight of a pandemic. Um, you know, and I know COVID nineteen has wreaked havoc on sports in general, sports production business. I I'm sure so. Talk a little bit about you know when when Mar- mid March rolled around and, and you kind of started to see that things were getting canceled and um, you know as the months went on what did that look like for your business? Yeah, I mean it's been it's not been pretty um, and I think that one of the things that has been more challenging I think is you, you talk about earlier in this conversation creating opportunities for others and. You know, as a small business owner, that's really what you are. Um, you're a go-between between the client and um, whomever works for you. And a lot of times, a failure of mine is a failure for many. And you feel that way um, as a small business owner that you're letting people down. And uh, I think that was mentally the most challenging thing for me. Um, you know, the work is going to come back. Um, I haven't panicked. I'm not going to. Um, and I, that's what I tell my wife, you know, when she sees me fishing um, seven days a week and is asking me what I'm going to do. I'm like, listen, if you're doing it right, you're just, you're just, you just, you got to prepare for a rainy day as a small business owner. And this has been a lot longer than that. Um, but it you know you stay positive and and uh, you try to lift other people up and and um, just wait for it to wait for it to pass. I think um, you know I haven't tried to reinvent anything during this time, um, which is usually unlike me in the sense that I, I try to always like stay ahead and what's next and all of that. I think you know I've just kind of looked at this period as hey you know you're not going to get many opportunities in life where you're going to have basically a year to just like be a family person only and, you know, go fishing seven days a week and um, do projects around the house. And, and um, so I've tried to really just think in those terms, like this, see this as an opportunity rather than um, this, you know, or 2020, like everybody likes to say, and it's not been great again and it's not always positive and um but you know that's the way i think perspective is everything mm-hmm. you know it's going to come back uh, it's starting to already we worked for our first time as a company um this past weekend shocking to tell you that the first sports event we did back during a pandemic was a wrestling event i i can't I, what can i tell you um but uh <laughs> you know and then we've got some college hoops coming up. So, uh, you know, and, and it, it's, I think as we get into 2021 in the new year, I, I think, you know, we're already starting to see that uh, sports are, are coming back. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And and do you think the, that, you know, so so I'm seeing, I'll, I'll, obviously I'm a sports guy and, and watch my fair share of ESPN and Fox NFL Sundays, all that good stuff. And it's interesting the way these guys have kind of, you know, I mean, they're innovators anyway, but, you know, through COVID-19, I've been 
super impressed with some of this just the way that you can make a virtual interview look you know you've got espn bringing these you know doing these interviews virtually but they're still using their their cameras in a way that makes it look so professional and polished um do, you know do, do you think that covid you know may have a sort of a lasting impact on the business because i would imagine you know these businesses now unfortunately it may mean bad things for people's jobs uh, you know I'm, I'm not sure but you know i would imagine that doing those kinds of interviews are incredibly cost saving as opposed to sending crews out to do them so things like that i mean do you think it's going to have kind of a lasting impact absolutely um and you know um necessity you know drives innovation and you know i'll, I'll give you an example of how the business is already changing during this time and, and how it could stay that way. Um, I was watching a high school basketball game on ESPN the other day. It was Oak Hill Academy. And um, I was interested because, see, when a lot of people watch sports, they're looking at the sport. Um, when I watch sports, I'm looking at how did they make this broadcast. And so I'm looking on the sidelines for camera people. I'm looking at positions, slash cams, where did they put audio, and um, how are they feeding certain things. and the cool thing about this game that they did at Oak Hill was as I was looking on the sidelines, there was no camera operator and underneath the basket um, were these robo cams that you could see moving um, with the action. And um, likely the reason they did that was because they didn't want to have their camera people in the building um, because of COVID restrictions. There was a, a small, um, crowd, I guess you would call it. And I guess they just didn't want to risk their people. So they had these these moving cameras that is just a guy in the truck on a joystick, you know, like those old Atari joysticks. That's what it looks like. And I was watching how this production looked and it looked just as good as anything else. And, um, you know, I don't even know if the talent was on site in the building. Um, and and it's, it's called at home production now. And this is a lot of what we're seeing. And so um, with the, the evolution of the internet and uh, high-speed data transfers and, and things like that, now um, this at-home production is really what they're doing. Instead of sending trucks out, they're sending camera people out with one camera and encoders. And they're sending, let's say at a stadium, they send 10 camera people there with 10 cameras. They send those feeds back to Bristol in Connecticut um, to the ESPN campus where they're pulling in those feeds into a control room and they're switching their show right from there. Um, excuse me. Um, Carl Ravitch did Sunday night baseball from a studio in um, Bristol, Connecticut. He, you know, he was calling the games um, from, from these at home productions. And, you know, what does that do um, right now for COVID it's safe, but what does that do for future looks when the, the big boys holding the purse strings say, well, you don't need to be at the game to call it and we don't need to send a truck uh and we don't need a 30 person crew um and we can still get the same result i do see that it's going to impact the business moving forward and um i don't know if it's a good thing i don't know uh, obviously for jobs and things like that it's probably not good um but innovation wise i i, I find it interesting um, 
but it will certainly, I, I believe COVID will have a lasting impact on how we do business and mm-hmm. how we approach sports broadcasting in particular. Yeah, I think I saw the Washington football team, I think for away games, their radio crew calls the game from FedEx. Um, right. So yeah, you see seeing stuff like that all over. And like you said, it has been, uh, you know, I've, I've been impressed and, and um, especially I think, you know, stuff like the NBA bubble, um, just how well that was done uh in my opinion you know in this environment i think you know it's just it's it's all been pretty amazing um the innovation that's kind of come with it was amazing um I, the nba i think is um should be the blueprint for every major sports league they they're forward thinking um from all aspects it's it's been amazing to watch them um lead the way and unfortunately, not all leagues have followed their lead, I, and, and you're seeing the results of that. But, I mean, they didn't have one positive test in the bubble. Um, that's remarkable. Um, and they crowned a champion. And um, it, it was just I, I enjoyed the productions themselves, too. And, um, but yeah, I agree that that was a, that was a success um, in this era. Yeah, and, and- – um, you know, I won't take up too much, too much more of your time, BJ, just one last thing here. Um, you know, and again, I know this is kind of a, this might be a question that, that could also be done in a separate podcast, but just so if, you know, if somebody is, um, you know, thinking of, of going into business for themselves in the, in the production industry, or they're, they're looking at doing some, you know, just kind of going into the freelance world. Um, any any tips, guidance, or, or just sort of what's what's sort of something that's stuck with you along the way to kind of keep you going and, and having some success? Yeah, I mean, my advice would be to go back to school and become a lawyer. Um. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, first, you always, you, I know you do a lot of talks for, uh, or you did, you used to go to uh, your, your alma mater, right, and do talks for right. your uh, journalism classes, and what, what you used to tell them, um, at least you know you're you're not going to get rich uh, in this business, or I don't I don't think you started by telling them to go elsewhere. But right. uh, a lot of times I scare them off, and a lot of times when folks come to me for an opportunity, I do I do um, try to scare them off first, and if they keep coming back, uh, then then I know that they really got what it takes because it's hard. You know, this is a really hard business. To make it in, to survive in, and to stay in once you're in, and um, you know, the, it's it's not like you can ever get comfortable. I think that I like that, but I think sometimes it's like, gosh, I you know, I need to take a breath. Um, and and maybe that's what this sort of COVID break has has been, you know, and that's maybe been good. But um, you know, advice wise, I would just say, um, you know, be humble, um, be willing to learn. Um, every, I think every industry is like this, but maybe ours even more reputation is everything. Absolutely everything. Um, I've given up a lot to keep a good reputation. Um, you know, and, and that's so important to me. And, and so that's what I like to tell, um, a lot of the young bucks coming up, you know, it's just be, be good to everyone. Um, you know, be kind, be humble, and um, 
you know, the days of the divas in this business are gone. Um, and, uh, you know, just um, work hard and be willing, be willing to take whatever opportunity is given to you because, you know, if you are, you know, blinders on, <clears throat> I only want to be on the air. I only want to call the Redskins games. It's just that's not the way this business works. You know, you may be a graphics guy or a camera guy, you know, for a few years before you can move in to that other side. Um, so I, I think that, that that's the advice I like to give is just be, be open-minded and um, be willing to work hard and, and be willing to take whatever opportunity is, is given and make the best out of it. Awesome. Well, and lastly, where can, can people find you, learn more about the company? Uh, dmbstream.com is a really good place um, to, to check out. Um, got a lot of ways to get in touch there, a lot of like examples of our work and uh, all kinds of fun, good stuff. So, yeah, it's a great place to start. All right, BJ, I don't want to keep you from your, your, your daily fishing adventure. <laughs> Are you, are you, is that is that where you're going after this? <laughs> Probably, yeah. I got, I got digital learners in my house that I need to work with first. But uh, usually, uh, I tell my wife around three o'clock I got to go to the store, uh-huh. and um, I end up at a pond locally somehow. <laughs> so stay tuned on my Facebook; you'll see a big chunky bass today. Anyway, Jeff, thanks for having me on. This has been really cool. Um, kudos to you and everything you're doing, and staying innovative and learning and continuing to push the envelope you're doing all the right things um and and all the advice i've just given is, is actually you're a testament to that and so keep up the good work i i appreciate all that you're doing uh, thank you bj it's it's been a pleasure getting a chat take care take care man all right guys that concludes episode two of the podcast hope you enjoyed the conversation with bj kubarulis Look out in the near future for more episodes. I have a few more guests lined up at the moment, and I'm excited to bring those to you soon. In the meantime, be safe and take care.